What's up, everybody? Hopefully you had a wonderful week because it was a good week on this side of the microphone. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. We got a lot of announcements coming out. Um, just a good week in general if you're a fan of technology and for those who are new to the channel, and there's a bunch of you this week, um, do this every Friday. It's just a breakdown of things happening in the Microsoft and general tech world. Um, try to keep it around, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so. Nothing too crazy, but if you haven't been able to stare at the headlines all week, here's your breakdown for the week. Uh, Microsoft what's old is new again uh this was this was a very odd kind of time in microsoft's world i i don't know why they didn't announce some of this stuff at ignite but they announced a bunch of stuff related to lifecycle support in the world of windows and office and uh kicking it off here so january 2020 microsoft will end support for windows 7 we've known about this for a long time and everyone's been wondering hey are they going to extend the life cycle of the platform like they did with windows xp where they extended how long they were going to support the product um officially yes and no uh, microsoft announced this week that they will be offering extended security updates through january january of 2023 now that sounds good uh but they're not going to be free you're going to have to pay for them and it's going to be an escalating price increase each year and you're going to have to contact your local microsoft representative about how to get those and it, the price is going to be all over the board like if you're transitioning to windows 10 things are going to be a little bit cheaper but if you haven't even started the process expect to pay a little bit more and uh those that only impacts enterprise or what do they call windows 7 professional and above skews of so professional and education essentially and so that was announced this week. Now, the other, the, the bigger change this week is that Microsoft is once again for the third or maybe fourth time updating the Windows 10 support lifecycle as well. Remember when they announced it, they said, hey, every iteration of Windows 10 is going to be supported for 18 months. That's great. Test it for six months, run it for a year, test for six, whatever. Uh, that didn't work out. It didn't work out in spectacular fashion. And then they updated it to around 24 months for some iterations. And Microsoft is back again with more confusion. And so what they're going to do here is they're going to start offering uh, Windows support for enterprise and education only. If you are on Pro or Home, um, you're out of luck. You're on 18 months no matter what. But if you're an education or enterprise, you will now have up to 30 months, 30 months to update. Uh, or to run a, a version of Windows, uh, Windows 10 that is. And so that sounds good, but here's the, here's the oddity. So if you, run, if you install a spring, so Microsoft releases Windows 10 in two flavors. They do it in the spring and then they do it in the fall. If you do the spring update, that version will only ever be supported for 18 months. Uh, every fall iteration will be supported for 30 months. So basically what they're doing here is they're forcing everyone to update in the fall only. And I suspect this is very intentional. That way they can get a little bit maybe more aggressive with the spring updates, patch them up, make them stable in the fall and ship them. And then you can run them for 30 months. So effectively what Microsoft Microsoft has done here is they're going to allow you to run a single version of Windows for up to about two years. It would have been great if they would have done 36 months because then you could have run it for three years. But at 30 months, you are going to be installing a new version of Windows every other year, which is a significant improvement instead of once a year. And this is going to help a lot of companies. One of the primary feedbacks Microsoft heard was that, hey, our office is running too many versions of Windows and it's a pain in the butt to keep uh, this running. You can imagine if you were running a, let's just say a hundred thousand person office, it'd be the biggest of enterprises and you are doing a thousand machines a week upgrading to Windows 10, which that's a lot. Now granted, you could maybe do more once you get more comfortable with a thousand machines a week. It would take you, uh, what, about two years to update, which means that you would then have to, during that cycle, you would have to be on multiple versions of Windows 10. And it's just a 
big pain in the butt. So they're kind of trying to hope to make this process a little bit easier. And everything Microsoft announced this week related to licensing, minus the Windows 7 stuff, to some extent, is about making the migration easier because they also announced this week what's called Desktop App Assure. Again, if you're running education or enterprise and you have a compatibility issue, Microsoft will assign an engineer to fix it on the Windows side. Uh, and this is if you have one enterprise SKU or education SKU or you have 10,000, it doesn't matter anymore. Microsoft is making, this is, this is a big deal for Microsoft. They're actually staffing up to support this because they are wanting to help move every customer off of Windows 7 and they see a very big deadline coming because according to net market share, 40% of the entire Windows user base is still running Windows 7. Now, using that same benchmark or same uh, source data, 38% of people are running Windows 10, which means that more people need to migrate from Windows 7 to Windows 10 than all people have migrated to Windows 10 uh, in the three years of availability. And granted, I would have bet that a big chunk of that 38% that is using uh, Windows 10 are consumers because it's real easy for us to upgrade. We only have to worry about one or two machines or we buy a new machine and we get Windows 10. And so this is going to be a big problem, a big challenge for Microsoft because you might just look and say, hey, uh, if you're running Windows 7 after it's supported and you're not getting updates and you get hacked, that's your own fault. Well, yes, it is your own fault and it's your, it's your issue, but Microsoft is going to be the company that takes the blame for this because they'll be like, oh, you should have kept supporting it and help your customers out. Um, but at the end of the day, Microsoft is needing to push these customers forward for financial reasons and because they believe that Windows 10 is a more secure product, which I do agree with, but their life cycle was not in favor because, as I'd heard time and time again, uh, the pitch to upgrade, so you go to management and say, hey, we want it, we want some money to help test and upgrade to Windows 10. And management would be like, great, when we get to Windows 10, it's going to be easier to manage and your budget should be able to be reduced because you're running a newer operating system. It should be better, right? And then you have to have the awkward conversations like, well, no, it might actually cost us more money because we have to update so often, which takes more time and resources, which means we can't build other products. So anyways, um, Microsoft is trying to work on that. And so, <sighs> yeah, we got all that going on. And of course, I'm getting Skype messages during the middle of uh, recording this, as always. But anyways, that is what is going on there. Now, to help clear the deck, because one of the issues that Microsoft realized is that, hey, they were also ending Office 2016 support uh, in July, or in roughly uh, 2020. So around the same time as Windows 10 expiring is what they realized is, oh God, uh, we're making our customers not only upgrade their OS, but also their version of Office. Two major updates before the 2020 good luck and so what they're doing is they're extending support for office 2016 until 2023 roughly and the idea here is being that now you only have to focus on one migration and that is getting off of windows 7 before then and so there you go and they're also adding some additional support for windows 8.1 and all that good stuff you can find everything on petri.com i wrote it all up but uh, the, the big takeaway here folks is that microsoft is realizing that no matter how hard they try they can't force companies to modernize their software. Uh, Microsoft tried diligently here to get companies to move to Windows 10, to get to move to the newest versions of Office or Office 365. And they're, they're essentially saying, okay, we realize that just because we, we mandate this stuff doesn't mean you're actually gonna be able to do it. And it's kind of a big slap in the face to everything that Windows 10 tried to be when it launched. I mean, at this point, you could pretty much just rename the fall update a service pack and it's very similar to the Windows XP model. 
Um, if it was support for 36 months, it would be very, very close to what Microsoft was originally doing with service packs. And so it's kind of a complete coming of circle for Windows 10, but I think it is the right move. I can't imagine anyone's going to be upset by this, except maybe Microsoft, but um, yeah. And then the other thing that kind of was announced that's in the same genre or theme is that Microsoft is basically undoing everything Skype did in the entire year of 2017 and then deleting a whole bunch of moments. Crap, I think we've talked about that before. But basically what's old is new again in the, in the world of Microsoft. So uh, speaking of Microsoft this week, they also had a bit, pretty big Office 365 outage. It was actually out of their, what, their Southern Central data center somewhere down there. Essentially what happened was a storm came through and, and it knocked out the cooling to their, to their data centers in that region. It was a pretty big outage. Uh, one of Microsoft's biggest caused by weather. But the, the thing I want to just kind of point out here is Office 365 and Azure has better uptime than almost every local data center and on-premise hardware. Um, I, I don't want to argue against that. My only point here is that you need to just remember that when your data is in the cloud, it is controlled by the cloud provider. If they're down, you can't get access to your data. It's always good just to keep an external copy of your content somewhere else. In the event that a cloud service does go down, you can still access it because that, this was a very real issue. A lot of companies are deploying what's called a multi-cloud strategy where they are running in uh, Azure and AWS. Um, some are using Google Cloud, but Azure and AWS are the two primary candidates at this point. And so that is just something to keep your mind on. Uh, Redstone 5 is complete. They're just pushing a bug fix updates. Look for that announcement in the near future. I don't know if they'll hold off till Ignite. They very well could. But um, it's just going to be called the October update. It's pretty generic uh, to begin with. Um, enough IT Pro stuff. Um, Microsoft also announced this week two Xbox One controller bundles. Actually, it's just a single console bundle, but now it comes with two controllers. So if that's your thing, I believe it starts at about uh, 299 And there you go. And it'll ship from the 18th of September onward. So if you've been holding out because you want a two-controller bundle, you don't have to wait too much longer. Um, other big things coming this week in the Xbox world, Microsoft's adaptive controller. Uh, this is pretty cool. It makes it very easy for just about anybody to play Xbox or uh, and on the PC, I believe, too. But it's their, it's their, their gamepad designed for people who have physical disabilities or physical challenges, I should say. And they need a different style of controller. It's very cool. Uh, the other thing Microsoft is very open about is they're happy to work with Nintendo or anybody else for free to share that technology to make it easier to get gaming into more hands of more people. That's pretty awesome. Uh, other things, Microsoft is now rolling out the new Office UI. And so if you've been waiting for that little gem, um, it is now starting to roll out for some people. And next week's going to be a big week, folks. Apple is holding their event on Wednesday, September, what is that, the 12th? Yeah, because they weren't going to do it on Tuesday, 9-11, uh, for obvious reasons. And so you can be looking forward to that. I will obviously be watching and doing all the good stuff and covering all that. But we're expecting new iPhones, new Apple Watches. Um, expecting probably to see that new air power mat that they announced about a year ago and then failed to ship for a very long time. And so we'll see if they have anything up else up their sleeve. Maybe new MacBook Airs. We will see. But Apple's event is next week, and that will probably dominate the news cycle for the better part of the week. Uh, also, Google very early announced their new their next Pixel event will be October 9th. Probably trying to steal a little bit of thunder from Apple's upcoming event. But the Pixel 3 has leaked in just about every way fashionable. I mean, literally a box of them were found. And yeah, so there you go. So next week should be a good week of tech. I don't expect too much from Microsoft next week just because, well, this week was pretty big and we've got Ignite coming up and typically they're going to start holding off uh, a, a few things for that 
event. And so we got a bunch of questions this week. I'm going to dive in. As always, you can find the question thread. It's typically over on therot.com. And here we go. Tourniquet says, how are the chances Microsoft will start talking about WinCore or WCOS at Ignite? When Microsoft introduced Windows 10, they also talked about OneCore. So at what point should they start talking about it? Uh, they should start talking about Windows Core. So here's an unpopular opinion. Uh, OneCore was a giant failure for Microsoft. Um, it doesn't really make sense. It's not really used. They used OneCore to be to promote their idea of running it on a mobile platform, which is dead. Uh, and they used it to somewhat run on the Xbox. And that's, I mean, it's still there technically, but it's not nearly kind of the, the vision at this point. So it's Windows Core. I don't the question is, is Windows Core going to be talked about in some high-level fashion? I don't think so. Um, if Microsoft does it right, you shouldn't even know that Windows Core OS is updated or changing or anything like that. Um, I'm not expecting any, like, I think this is being oversold. This is just a continued modernization of the Windows code base uh, along with Windows 10. Now, I could be you know, eating my own foot here in a little bit, but I don't believe that they're just going to get up on stage and announce Windows Core and try to energize the market because that, that doesn't work. It's failed time and time again to do it that way. Uh, Peter K says, you said the Surface laptop and getting a pro or getting a refresh in October. What about the Surface Book 2? I haven't heard specifically about the Surface Book 2 yet. Um, you got to remember that is a newer-ish device for Microsoft. Um, it's very much feasible, especially since Intel just announced their 8th gen stuff. If I'm... I'm pretty much just expecting just Microsoft just pulling out the old chips, putting in the new chips, and there we go. Uh, the, the big redesigns for Carmel, uh, which is the Surface Pro, I think will be next year. And so I think uh, October is just going to be just quite literally just a spec bump. Um, and I'm still holding out that HoloLens V Next will also be shown. Adam Corbelli says, if you could bring back an extinct animal, what would you choose? Uh, T-Rex, because why not? Uh, Brad, just wondering about your health after first ring jelly. You said that you had a reaction to a vaccine a year or two ago and kidney stones. Uh, is Paul better health than you? Uh, I'm pretty sure I, I believe I'm healthy. Kidney stones are just kind of a reoccurring pain in the not butt, but uh, you can fill in your own adjectives and nouns there. Um, as far as I'm aware, they're not life-threatening. They just kind of come and go and pass, and they're a big pain. But uh, I had a reaction to the yellow fever vaccine. All good. I actually just went to the doctor not long ago and I had good blood pressure and everything else. So I think I'm healthy. I go to the gym uh, every other, just about every other day, run a mile every other day, um, eat relatively healthy unless I'm on the road. And then I feast in the tater tots. But I, I'd like to think I'm healthy. I, I'm not, I don't live a terrible lifestyle, I don't think. Uh, Jim Chaplin says, now that Explorer is dark, any word on when the full light theme with white taskbar is coming? So what he's referring to, there were some uh, renders that came out from Microsoft, I believe they showed off at one point, if not, they definitely leaked, of a light taskbar. But I haven't heard about when it's coming. Um, the UI elements in, my, in Windows are just kind of a disaster from a consistency issue. And so Microsoft has stopped making promises about when things are coming because they kept missing deadlines. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't exactly know. I'd love it if it came in the next update, but Microsoft has been real finicky about giving consumer uh, features priority anymore, especially since the reorg from where Windows sits now, everything is enterprise forward. And so there you go. Uh, Joe Finn says, Build 2018 had a lot of announcements surrounding app development on Windows 10 to make UX easier and better, like WinUI, Fluent, and a bunch of new controls. Is there a refresh coming? to the first party Windows 10 apps that use these new tools or is Microsoft happy with their current state? So I don't, 
It's interesting because Microsoft did a lot of shuffling of the cards uh, with some of their European studios that were building some of these apps in Windows 10 uh, with the last reorg, I believe. And so I hope that they are going to update them. Mail and Calendar are kind of these just little isolated apps that haven't really been gotten received a lot of love lately. And so I hope that they do, but I haven't specifically heard that they are being uh, the primary focus of any group at this time. So Jeffrey Camarato says, Microsoft has been showing love for Linux as of late. Do you think there ever be a time when that love will extend to native office apps on Linux, or is that a step too far? So the only way, in my opinion, that Office will ever show up in a native capacity on Linux is through explicitly through Office 365. I don't think they would ever ship a traditional uh, offline version of Office for Linux because Microsoft, mostly because Microsoft wants people in Office 365. Could I see them allowing this to work better natively in Linux? Absolutely. Microsoft at this point cares more about Office 365 subscriptions than selling Windows. That is true to their core right now. That is where they want people to go. And if there was a large user base on Linux that needed Office 365, I could absolutely see them. Remember, you can already access it through a browser. And, and I, I was going to say limited capacity, but they're pretty full-fledged apps that run in the browser. And so as web apps become more prominent, absolutely if you're on Linux, you'll be able to do it. But again, you'll just need an Office 365 subscription, which is what Microsoft wants. You got to remember the primary user group of Linux at this point is not the general consumers, typically people who don't like Microsoft, which means they're probably not going to be using Linux anyways. Now, granted, there are cases like sysadmins inside of companies, and I totally get why you're using Linux. But those machines, again, primarily are used to run infrastructure as opposed to daily productivity. Uh, Elaine, oh God, Elin Dalin. Maybe Dalian. I, I am so bad with pronouncing names. Uh, will there be any more live shows? So I typically, at least last year, was doing this show live every day at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, one of the primary reasons why I stopped was during the summer. Um, it's just extremely hard with kid and summer camp and all that stuff. I, it might happen again. The thing is, it's so much easier for me personally to be able to record this show just whenever rather than having to be at my computer every day at about 945 until about 1030 because that's how long the show lasts. And so I'm not ruling out that I'll never do a live show again, but for my workflow and simplicity's sake and sanity, it's incredibly easier to be able to do this just whenever and then make sure it's uploaded by about 10 a.m. Uh, give or take on Friday mornings. Um, and says, also, have you noticed any gray discoloration on the Alcantara covers? It wipes off, but it makes the cover seem grimy and gross. She actually included a picture. I should have, um, should have included this. This is actually kind of disgusting. Um, uh, maybe I'll, I, well, I'm going to use your picture as the show <laughs> image here so that way everyone can see it, uh, when you watch this on YouTube later. But basically, it's a gray discoloration of where the magnetic strip is that attaches to the bottom of the surface. I have not actually ever noticed this. And so this appears uh, within a week of purchase. Am I doing something wrong? This is more or less the entire keyboard side is covered. It looks like if I don't use it for a do... Uh, hmm. So th there's a couple of thoughts. The only thing I can think of here is that it's grabbing dirt off of the display and transferring it to the Alcantara cover. If it looks like the actual red color of the cover is bleeding off and that's just kind of what's happening, I would definitely take it back and I would go ask Microsoft. The Microsoft Store, hopefully you have one nearby. Uh, their, their service is actually typically pretty good. I I know people have had other issues, but I think in general, they're much more accommodating than anything else. So I would take it up to them personally and ask. Um, I personally have not seen that issue on my devices. 
Simont says, with the Surface Pro Book only expected to have a major redesign in 2019, what would you like to see in the newly redesigned Surface Pro or Surface Book? Primarily thinner bezels. I think that's the, the big trend here, right? Let's get some thinner bezels. Let's make these things look like they're 2018, 2019 models. Thinner bezels. Um, I'm not so concerned about completely fanless. I know Microsoft really likes to go that route, but I would... Thinner bezels would be one thing and make them just lighter. The 15 inch, which I absolutely love, is it's the one that's right back here. Um, it's my daily driver. I love that thing, it, but it is a beast. And so I guess thinner bezels is probably my, my big thing and make it a little bit thinner and lighter. That That's that's a good thing for me. Um, I, I'm still torn if I want them to get rid of that teardrop shape. I kind of like it personally, but I could see them trying to modify that and make that gap just a little bit smaller. Uh, Usman says, what's the story with the Elite V2 controller? It was pushed back from last year and doesn't look like it'll be released this year. What caused the pushback of this controller? Uh, two years and still not a refresh with a new S-series control design with Bluetooth, etc. This is a very good question. Uh, there's actually a video on YouTube and some other people have, and I know some people with it, um, with the next-gen controller. And so I think Microsoft just kind of looked at it and said, look, we can take the old design, just make it white, and it'll sell. And granted, I kind of want the white one. I don't know if I'm going to buy it yet because, uh, well, my black one's back there. But the white one does look nice. And so I think that they figured that, hey, if we do this white one, this will give us an extra year of time, and then they'll do it next year to kind of fill out their their marketing strategy for the following year. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just wish the white one would have featured Bluetooth. That's that's the big thing. A Spartan fan says, my kids love and need... My, oh, this is a good question. My kids love Minecraft and need the, need to request money for me to purchase coins to a, for additional maps. When I receive the request, it takes me to a Microsoft account to transfer money and then to make a purchase. I have money in my Microsoft account already, but the option is grayed out and can't be selected. It's forced to use a credit card instead. Seems like there should be a way to use the money that I already have in the account, but I can't figure out how. Can this be an... Honestly, this one's outside my knowledge zone. Um, I don't use... Well, I don't use Minecraft in this capacity, and and I don't store money with Microsoft. Everything is just always a credit card purchase. I don't really know personally. Um, your best chance is probably to email or email or message Microsoft Helps on Twitter. They're pretty good at getting back to you. It might take a day or two. Um, but he said he was really impressed with the chemistry update for Minecraft uh, Education Edition. I was really surprised at how well it's implemented. Minecraft is a hidden gem of... I shouldn't say hidden. They paid $2 billion for it. Minecraft is a big asset for Microsoft. Granted, they've lost some users to Fortnite. Um, but from an educational perspective, Minecraft is fantastic. And they continue to do very good things with it. And so uh, I'm going to be curious to see how that continues to evolve here uh, going forward, because it's a big part of their education strategy to get Windows back in the education market in the U.S. Um, I know outside the U.S. they still have a pretty strong hold, but Chromebooks uh, took, a big took a big chunk of that here in the U.S. Uh, the past couple of years. So, uh, folks, that wraps it up for today. Uh, lots of good questions, good stuff coming around, and it's going to be a busy week next week. This was a great week. Hopefully you had a wonderful first week of September, and we'll catch you right back here next time on the Sam's Report.